1: Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another lovely evening of Jay Bird watching. Happy off day to everybody, and um, as of last night, after a walk-off victory against the Miami Marlins for a sweep, feeling the Buffalo love, guys. So, how we doing? <laughs> so, Mr. Corsair and Brendan Panikar joining me, per the usual, in my week of hosting. How are you guys doing? Doing
3: awesome. well. After last Yo, night, did you, absolutely.
4: Did you see that, that Bill's tweet? Which about one? the the Blue Jays? All right, so no. the Bills uh, put out a tweet, and it says uh, "Bills, uh, the Buffalo Bills and the Toronto Blue Jays squish the fish because <laughs> they beat the Miami Marlins. There so you there you go. Yes. Squish the fish. It. Speaking of, yes, just, I'll just bring this
1: out. There you go. There just there you like my incognito, incognito blue I love Bills. It. Yeah. <laughs> But, yes, yeah, so it was a nice little home swing. But let's we'll get to that here in a few minutes. But we have another thing we had to celebrate, guys. We have another Toronto Blue Jay that won the Player of the Month Award. And that is Marcus Semyon. And holy shnikes is about the best way I can describe this you know uptick in production since a kind of sluggish April. But he has been on a steady cliff heading up toward the moon at this point <laughs> and has been part of the carrying force behind the Blue Jays' offense. I'm going to let you kick this one off, Mr. Panikar, and uh, tell me what has this meant to you as a Blue Jays fan and watching somebody like Marcus Semien really take off?
3: You know, what's insane is that the Blue Jays right now have two of the top three most valuable hitters in all of baseball. Um, that is just insanity and they've only gotten three games of George Springer. Marcus Simeon has more than made up for the loss of Springer. Obviously, Springer would put this lineup over the top, especially with the way Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is heated up recently. Rowdy looks like he's getting a stroke back a little bit. Hey, being in Buffalo again, of course he's going to get it back. But, no, Simeon's been unreal. Um, Just to compare the start that he had, I pulled up his splits. In April, he hit 211 with five homers. Um, that was the one, the, pretty much one of the only things he was doing the first couple of weeks of the season. He did come up with some pretty clutch home runs in the month of April that led to wins. But since May uh, has come, eight homers, uh, 22 RBI, uh, and a 368 batting average. Um, I'm just looking at some of the more basic stuff there. But that's all you need to know. The rest is unreal. His numbers are, have been insane. And it feels like every game recently, you can count on Simeon for at least two hits. And when you have that at the top of your lineup, it's going to be so interesting to see where Springer does get placed if Simeon's keeping this up because, remember, he started as a leadoff guy, struggled, Springer came back, they demoted him, and then Kevin, uh was up there for a little while when Springer went back in the I.L., and then Simeon got back, back up there as he continued to hit, and he's just run away with it. So uh, it's a good problem to have, and my God, if they can have two of the top three most viable players, uh, hitters in baseball the rest of the year, or even if they finish both in the top 10 and maybe Bo gets a little closer. I don't know how you can't make the playoffs at that time. If you have that stacked of an offense. Yeah. And that is enough to carry
1: any team regardless of pitching. <laughs> it's just how it is at this point, but Corsair run with it.
4: <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I was a bit apprehensive about signing Simeon when <laughs> we, uh, when we did in the off season only because I thought that the the owner should have been on the pitching, which I still do. And I was a little uncomfortable giving $18 million to a player for one year when we should have, in my opinion, used that to load up on the starting pitching staff. Um, In a way, I still feel that way because this lineup is just mashing. But I don't know that this team would be nearly as successful as it has been, especially within the month of May if it wasn't for Marcus Simeon. Um, it's gotten me to the point, and I put this in our private chat, uh, text chat, and I'll dispose, disclose it here in, in the uh, on the podcast and live stream. Um, it's gotten me to the point where if if the Blue Jays wanted to extend him now for three years, twenty million a year, let's do it. Let's do it now. Let's not even bother exploring the free agent market of shortstops and try to flip flop. Bobichette somewhere. Let's just ignore all that and say, hey, here's our lineup. Bobachette's our shortstop, who has been improving since uh opening day. And Mark Simeon's your second baseman. Let's just call it a day. We can run with that for the next two years. I mean three years. And if they do that, I'm okay with them unloading Cavan Biggio for some starting pitching.
1: I'm gonna say <laughs> it right here. I'm gonna say it right here. Freak out I'm okay watching it. fans. Freak yeah. out. I'm okay with it. Because you
4: know what? Like, look. I'm at the point where, you know, I, Panic has been playing third base, and that's fine. I think Espinall right now is the best third baseman on the team. I'm just going to say, I think defensively he's the best third baseman on the team. Um, shortstop is figured out for as much as it can be with Bo. They seem to want to keep him there, which is fine. Like I said, in at second base, Vlad at first, the outfield will be straightened out, especially when George Springer comes back. Catching needs a little help, but whatever. Reese McGuire has actually been pretty serviceable. Um, how can you not like this team? And I'm not saying Cavin Biggio is disposable, but he kind of is disposable when you look at the lineup right now and what they're doing without him. So, in closing, I think Simeon has been freaking amazing. Month of May, what'd you say, Brendan? 368, he was yep. hitting? That's ridiculous. That yeah. is utterly like it that's not sustainable, but I do think he'll be hovering around like. 280 to 300 for the rest of the year and I think that's pretty fucking good
1: yeah so just to throw it out there not only was he batting 368 12 doubles 8 home runs and 22 RBIs and then Brendan's favorite stat the you know going to the sabermetrics metrics fund his OPS was 1.131 yeah, That is in ungodly tough. amount of uh, you know, sabermetrics. metrics <laughs> on so and pleasing the old school and the new school as far as stats go, is and I just can't believe he had that many extra base hits. I think that right there is the part that's the really telling part. How many Either doubles
3: did you say again? Twelve? Twelve doubles. Twelve. Yeah. And, and so that with eight homers, there's twenty right there. And then did he have a triple or two? He had one triple. As I say, I think right. there was one so in twenty one. 21 extra base hits in a month. That's pretty remarkable. Um, Yeah. Yeah. uh, That'll be hard to replicate moving forward, but he got off to a good start the first two days of June already. (laughs) Ridiculous. Ridiculous. If anybody can even
1: put put up that kind of numbering for the rest of the season is insane, or even for a whole month like this. This is just sustained awesomeness is really what it comes down to. And if I'm with you on this one, Adam, and I'm pretty sure Brendan's thinking the same thing. You have if you lock Semyon up and keep him on this team, you have an embarrassment of riches and Kevin Biggio might be the one that is the unfortunate trade chip in the midst of that equation. Um, but in all reality, that could be getting us somebody that would actually fill in for third base because as much as I love Santiago Espinal playing third base defensively, he is basically the equivalent of Reitz McGuire batting right now. He's got yes. some key yeah, hits. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. He has actually been quite salvageable, but his He's... I'll make this old school comment. He's basically the same as having like Alex Gonzalez. He played good defense for the blue Jays, but he couldn't hit (laughs) or any of the other, you know, embarrassment of middle infielders and whatnot. We've had over the years that had were defense first and then couldn't hit Nournori Kawasaki, John McDonald, whoever it might be, you know, the goat,
4: John McDonald. The goat. I had
1: to say Johnny Mac. Otherwise, you know, just slide that angry bird reference in there for Johnny Mac. (laughs) So
4: Providence college, man, the goat,
1: so it's almost father's day we'll see those highlights again just saying yeah it's true (laughs) yeah it's true you know look
4: i I agree with you when it comes to santiago espinal he's not great in the line you know in terms of hitting but when you have a lineup that's mashing the way this is that's mitigated right and that's what we were hoping for when it came to like danny jansen if danny jansen could just like bat ninth and sort of hide those flaws on the offense and everyone else is hitting you you'll take that And at this point, if you have, I don't know, Danny Jansen or Reese McGuire and Santiago Espinal, especially when George Springer comes back, you can hide those flaws, especially if the defense is more than serviceable with him at third.
1: I agree. Very much so. Because as far as it goes, you'll get the defensive runs saved. And that is very key to baseball. I agree with you that having, you know, over the past few years, we've had two or three guys that can't hit their weight in the uh, batting order. So having one guy, not a big deal Two, eh, you know, no big deal, but it will be interesting to see where this conversation goes, because I think you'll get some good bats for Kevin Biggio right now, rotating through second or the outfield a little bit here and whatnot to get Joe panic in Espinall, however you juggle that. But once George Springer comes back and finally does come back guys, This is going to be a rather congested lineup, as we were saying. That's a great problem to have because this offense is only going to get that much more scary when we are already in the top five in most offensive categories in Major League Baseball, or at least top ten. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's slightly ridiculous for what they were saying. And I believe – I can't remember what they were saying, but they said the other night that I think Vlad Jr., as far as things go, was the first Blue Jay since Jose Bautista in 2015 to be leading the majors in home runs this late in the season. So Probably. Yeah. That was right. a yeah. slightly ridiculous piece too, and I'm going to use that as segue points to go to our next <laughs> part <laughs> here. Um, there's only a couple people – that were these are better than Vladimir Guerrero Jr in the month of base in the month of you know May in baseball period Marcus Semien being one of them so if you were making your all-star team for the uh you know month of May Vlad and Semien are taking up the whole right side of that infield which is pretty damn impressive and that is just slightly ridiculous to the point that we even are having that kind of conversation with what we've been trucking out over the last few years. So to that point, Vlad at this point is pretty much the, I would say, you know, flag holder for running away with the first baseman's job at the all-star game. Anybody want to even contest on that fact? I can't even think of another first baseman in major league baseball. That's really having a better year than Vlad jr.
4: No, not even close.
1: (laughs) I think the next closest person stat wise was Max Muncie for the Dodgers.
4: Yeah. And it was (laughs) still a
1: pretty good step back.
3: So. I'm just looking at it right now. Yeah, Muncie, Matt Olson is the next closest, but uh, Vlad has him doubled in the F WAR category. Matt Olson's at one point eight. <laughs> yeah, what it, does it say what Vlad's actual WAR is for the
1: season so far? Because I feel yeah, like his 3. defense 5. is actually full on legitimizing the fact that he's not just an offensive force. Because he has been one of the, I, he's got to be in the top ten for the you know first baseman defensively. I think this year too. He's, he's war- number one in WAR.
3: Yeah, you got it. You got it. I'm looking at just seeing if I can order this quick enough to to bring it up. Um, Put Brendan on the spot. D, (laughs) D, D War, or whatever (laughs) Fangraph's measurement for that is, um, Vlad is 10th at negative 3.2. And to put that into context, there's only one first baseman with – higher than zero, which is zero point one to that's DJ LeMahieu. So yeah. Has he played that
1: many games even to freaking qualify as a first baseman? Yeah. I assume that he's played most the majority of his games at first base because uh Luke Voight and whatnot's been hurt for the Yankees. But I was just curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's can Jay Bruce retire? (laughs)
4: here <laughs> yeah. <Or> is that <laughs>
1: we do not have to worry about our blue jays ever being in a jay bruce conversation no, ever Jamers again surfers although surfers. i'm yeah. very shocked that he, you know a didn't get his man and he became a you know an atlanta brave just for the shit and giggle of it here right before he retires i don't want to <laughs> yeah. make a yeah. contract and we'll just make yeah it <laughs> just to make it fun but good stuff but it, monster performances from those two gentlemen right at the top of our lineup so just because we had been talking about the eventual f- You know, lineup change here a little bit, gentlemen. I want to get your take. Right now, this lineup has been completely mashing for the month of May with Semyon, Bichette, Vladdy, Teoscar, and then more or less whoever after that point. Randall Kritchik is really up. Yes. And we'll get to him and his awesome performance over the last week here, or at least last night anyways, (laughs) so shortly. But are you wanting to really mess with that? when Springer does inevitably come back or is this a okay, semi can hit no matter where we put him in the lineup Mm-mm.
4: Mm-mm. no I'm putting Springer at one and I'm moving everybody else down
3: One. I agree, yes, I'm yeah. with
1: you there I'm in the I don't want to break it's not, maybe, I'm the weird engineer that I don't fuck with things that aren't bro- are, you know working as it is, so I'm kind of in that ballpark here, I'm like it's not broke right now, don't fix it, and I let Springer's bat start playing a little bit and then move him back up to the line. I inevitably I want him back in the leadoff spot. But right yeah. now, I just yes. don't want to see that Simeon's just crushing it. So unless he goes into a slump between now and when Springer comes back, I don't want to fuck with it. I really don't. <laughs> no, no, I'm with you.
3: If anything, everybody gets pushed down one or uh Bo moves down a little bit to keep Simeon two spot and keep Vlad at third. And then maybe go to the Oscar four and then Bobichet five. Just you because go. And uh, Blue Jays' Twitter catches on like wildfire when somebody makes a point that Bo always seems to find himself in no two count. And then everybody started tweeting about that last night. And I thought, you know Best what? He always know. seems to find himself in a no two count. So he's not the greatest table setter for Vlad, which is why I would rather Simeon there um and Springer above him so that when Vlad comes up, there's a. There's a pretty decent chance, more often than not, there's at least gonna be one runner on base. Um, and not take it away from both season. He's done he's done well. He's had himself a nice season, but there's still some flaws where he could be dropped in the order and add pop a little lower down in the fifth or sixth spot. So yeah, I'm probably going to Springer one, Simeon two, uh, Vlad three, to Oscar four, and then the rest they can figure out. Now that I'm fine the, with.
4: Uh, I just dis- I respectfully disagree, man. I, I wanna keep if anything. I'm flipping Teoscar and Vladdy. I think Vladdy's the only guy that you can mess with where it just doesn't matter where you put him. It it His approach right
1: now does spell that.
4: Doesn't matter. Like it. it obviously, Christ. you don't want him at the top of the lineup. Just if he's at five, I'm okay with that. I'd rather have Vladdy at five than than Bo, only because I really like the way they pitch to Simeon with Bo behind him. I really like the way that Simeon is getting all these fastballs, and it, it is that going to change now? That he
1: won an award, though,
4: dude. I don't know why they keep doing it, but it's <laughs> to I their like, why did they keep
1: pitching to Vlad? Last night was yeah. the first time somebody finally got smart, and it was because it only made actual baseball sense, <laughs> dude.
4: I don't. That's why I'm saying I, I don't. I think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. right now is on such hot fire that he'll hit anything. And if you put Teoscar in the four spot and you just switch those two, so you have Springer, uh, Simeon, Bichette, Teoscar, Vladdy, and the rest just whatever. I don't. I think you could do a lot worse. I know you're sort of sacrificing not having Vladdy bat in the first inning, which might work to their detriment. But at the same time, you you should have confidence with those first four to not get out of the inning really quick, right? And if you have uh, that kind of firepower. One through five, you could do a whole lot worse, and that's just putting it lightly. I that's just my a whole personal preference. I don't worse
1: to tune five guys that are probably have hundred RBIs by the end.
4: Yeah, that. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with having Bo at fifth, but I think that the adjustment for him and the passion that he plays with, he probably would be more vocal against that. And I feel like Vladdy would would just be like, "What the fuck, ever, man! I'll hit wherever." I yeah, just think I can, Bo would be pissed. Do I can that. see
3: Bo taking that offensively, but yeah. I just can't. I can't move Vlad out of the uh, out of the top three because that's usually will end up being one less at bat than everybody else, mm-hmm. uh, and he needs to have as many as possible. So um, I I totally understand uh, like what what you mean uh, in terms of it doesn't matter where he it, it, it does, but it also doesn't with those top five. That just speaks to how good the Blue Jays lineup is, but um, he he has to stay in the top three. Okay. To um, some of our Twitter followers
1: and whatnot, they don't see the whole hype about Springer having to be a leadoff guy. Um, we've talked about this on a couple of other shows. I just want to make sure we're ta- you know, talking to our fans and whatnot here like we usually yeah, do yeah. on the show. So it's a comfort thing, right? Springer has just I, – I believe there was actually some stats to back this up, that he has been throughout his career, especially with, with the Astros and whatnot, that he is actually better in the leadoff spot statistically versus anywhere else in the lineup i feel feel like i remember reading that at one point before the spring you know the the spring training started does anybody else recall anything like that or why it is so kind of like or as they put it is it a religion that he has to be banging in the leadoff spot
4: uh i don't i don't know if there's any i'm sure there are statistical reasons why um and he pre- just performs better but i think the name of the game here in reality is uh he's the highest paid blue jay of all time and you signed him saying you're going to be able to do whatever you want and if george springer comes in here and says hey i'm the leadoff guy he's the leadoff guy period yeah. of the story
3: i'm pretty sure he said that that it, that's where he wants to be so if he yeah exactly if that's what he asked for you do it for all it, we it, know yeah, it's running his this
1: contract
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> did, did did any of the twitter commenters say where they would have him bat? because the only other logical spot in my mind. It's I mean, you can put a three or four is two. And, and yeah. Yeah, right now it doesn't matter if you have Simeon one and Springer two or Springer one, Simeon two, like they're both going to set, get on base and set the table for the rest of the order. So it was more of a general
1: comment of why, you know, right. everybody's kind of so focused on the fact that he needs to be a leadoff spot. And then the fact that his power does play well down in the lineup, it would, you know, potentially drive in more runs. But I guess this even kind of falls back into the blue Jays old concept in 2015, 16, Josh Donaldson batting second.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: So
1: there it's kind that of in that same
3: ballpark. Yeah, it's so fascinating lineup construction because everybody is always very traditional three, four are your big boppers, but now you're seeing more and more your best hitters are batting second, and whether that's because they get an extra at bat usually per game than three or four guys, um, that seems to be the reason. But yeah, two hole doesn't matter if he's there, that's fine. If he's lead off, that's fine too. Simeon, wherever. Totally cool.
1: Yeah, because if you're looking old school on this whole thing, the conversation, it, to me at least, Semyon and Bichette scream two-hole hitter just normal you know it's somebody that can play with their you know they're aggressive they can hit the ball hard and they play the gaps well both of them just happen to hit the ball a lot harder than just gap baseball but they get on base in a hell of a cliff and they hit the ball hard so you're going to get that on base before you get your 3-4 guy then if you have somebody like Springer who just is going to uncork probably 15 or so of his home runs right out of the leadoff spot (laughs) hey that's extra runs you're putting those pitchers on the opposing team right on their heels right off the back of the beginning of a game that's pretty intimidating for especially a young pitcher coming out and going oh shit I have to, pay, I have to face Springer, Seminer, Bachette, Vlad and Teoscar in my first five when do I get a break oh wait you play in the American League you don't
4: yeah I I don't know I just think that with the way they're hitting right now you just don't want to mess with anything and I, I just I'm under the understanding that it's going to have to be Springer at number one for the team's sake Maybe statistically or whatever, you can measure it out, and it doesn't necessarily have to do that. If you can, you know, spit out some numbers that show that you have better hitters to lead off, which I'm sure it's possible, and I'm sure that there's some data to support it. But where I'm with Brendan, where else are you going to hit them? Because I just yeah. don't find it comfortable having them hit two or three. I really don't, especially because then that does mess more with not just Bo. And Vladdy and Teoscar, but with Simi, like now you're creating more problems, whereas you just put him at one, bump everyone down. Mm-hmm. It's just it's easier that way, right? And the approach for those hitters like Simi and like Bo should be the same. It should be. And and I guess at that point, if you'd rather put Bo later in the lineup, as you said, Brendan, just so Vladdy can get there, maybe you can make that work. But I just think the easy way out of this just
1: bump everyone down. Just there you go.
3: Makes it easy. Yeah, I'm with you for sure.
1: So, fellas, now that we've beaten that horse, <laughs> let's dive into the uh, Cleveland Indians series here as the Blue Jays were able to take two out of three against the Indians. And what well, was a pretty good series, except for some late inning roughness in the one game, kind of is, I guess, the best way to say it. <laughs> but yeah, what were your guys' takeaways from the uh, Cleveland Indians series? And I believe it's your turn to go first, Mr. Corsair. Um... <laughs> They they
4: shouldn't. <laughs> um, Come on, go out with it. <laughs> it wasn't as bad as I necessarily thought it was going to be. I'll put it that way. Um, It's I, I, they just should have won that last game. Yeah. Um, th- that was the doubleheader, right? The sec- yeah. <sighs> Again, makes me question the bullpen decisions. But like, what do you? Who was it? Dolise that pitched the end of game one. Or was it Romano?
3: Romano. Yeah, Romano. Yeah.
4: Why? Like at that point, why? It wasn't a safe situation. Why are you doing it? And uh, misuse, right? They did the same thing in the Miami game, didn't they? The first game?
1: I'm pretty sure. Remember. I'd have to look back at that. I just, that.
4: I just so. feel like Charlie is just mishandling this bullpen and it's costing us games. And I understand like a lot of it is Not necessarily his decision. He's got a piece of paper that's telling him what to do. So it's we all know how the game is played right now. But yeah, we I think we all predicted two out of three, which is fine. (laughs) But that last game was just frustrating to watch.
1: So the first game they went eleven to two to the point that you were mentioned. They start started the Sunday double double doubleheader with a four to one win, and then they lost five to six in the last inning basically and yeah and in the midst of that it was tyler chatwood that ended up giving up the big you know couple runs but guys i can't blame chatwood completely when we were just talking about what to adam's point here the fact that we more or less you know shot the good bullets in the first game for a four to one win to ensure that one win i felt like chatwood probably should have been the one that was in on that game at the end not probably
4: (laughs) game (laughs) one game Game one, one right correct yes I agree. I agree. Like I said, you're using up your your bullets for the for the first game, which is more or less in the bag. Um, you should have just saved that, right? If you're up four one at the end of a seven inning game, you save that and know that it might be a little closer for the next. Game. If not, if the Blue Jays are blowing it away, you can all, like this team loves to rest. You'll have that guy's rest now. Right? And you'll have him for the Miami game. So at that point, I just I don't understand it. It wasn't a situation in which Romano needed to be out there for the first game.
3: No. No, he didn't need to be. That's true. And then you can look at the other way. is like, why couldn't he have pitched the end of game two either? Like, we just saw Liam Hendricks a couple days prior get two saves in the same day and go out mm-hmm. there and pitch. Pitchers over the last couple of years, headers come around, that do get both save opportunities. Especially considering you had Monday off. And now you have today off, and the bullpen was just coming off of a record amount of games in a row of playing seven innings. It's the most rested the bullpen has been for probably since opening day. Um, so it is kind of crazy that uh, that Romano didn't get the the second game too. However, when I look at Tyler Chatwood's season, other than that Rays game, and this is before he imploded against the Indians, um, he's probably been their best reliever from start to finish. And when Charlie took him out of the game against Tampa, before any damage was actually done against him, he was upset. Yes. So, he sees or Charlie puts him back out there in this situation, and Chatwood loads the bases again and does the exact same thing, but Charlie lets him finish it this time. So now, like I'm not saying Charlie was trying to prove a point or anything, but at the same time like he's trying to trust him. He probably heard Chatwood that time against Tampa say, man, let me get out of it. I'll get out of it. And if he didn't, he didn't. And he would probably would have been taken out early in that Cleveland game. But Charlie heard him. He trusted that Hey, it's just one bad outing. This guy's had for me all year. He's been one of my best. So let's see if he can get out of it this time. And he didn't. So now he's going to have a shorter leash because that's two rocky outings in the span of a week or so. So I get it's totally on Charlie Montoya. That loss on Sunday but I just don't get the absolute hate and fire that everybody had after that game because while I was upset, I mean that's the first thing I thought of. I thought of, yeah, he said he got pulled without actually giving up any damage against the situation and coming out to pull him for a second time in a row. Charlie's like, okay, you yelled at me last time and you wanted to stay in, so now you're staying in. Get out of it. And if you don't, your lease is now shorter. So, yeah, maybe maybe he was trying to prove something. Maybe he's a little proud. Or just wanted to be like, okay, well, you're getting a shorter leash now. I don't know. But, yeah, they should have won that game. I agree. But still nice to take two out of three from Cleveland. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah.
4: I mean, I hope the manager of the team isn't that petty. I know. But, right? like, <laughs> that, that, to me, is a fireable offense. You know? Like, yeah, but whatever. <laughs> Being petty, not the, necessarily yes. the, the bullpen moves. Like, I understand there's probably a reason for it. But you're right. Like, putting Dolis and Romano in the first game... And it didn't need it, right? It, it, both those players are capable of closing out a game, so use both of them at once. I yeah. understand you're chasing wins here, but I mean, Cleveland's a team you should be beating up on, and for the most part, they did,
1: right? Let's
4: not take. They did the away. job Two right. Three. They happen to pour yeah. all their
1: offense into that one game, and they happen to put it together. Yeah. To a few of our Twitter followers already saying they can't hit. Why are we? <laughs> this shouldn't have even no, be part too. of the conversation. So they they carry themselves on there all their pitching to your point, Adam.
4: Yeah, yeah, you know, and I'm willing to to excuse this, but I, I guess the problem that I have is when you listen to Montoyo post game, there is no concrete, robust reason for it, right? It's just cliches, and I understand that he can't say oh, because this is what upper management is telling me to do with this you know, piece of paper that I got faxed in. You know, that's, that's how it is. It's a game of telephone, right? It's not old school Montoyo is, th- you know, guessing and thinking uh, sort of, I don't want to say critically, but critiquing the game and having some sort of strategy here. It's more of this is the situation that calls for this specific pitcher, and when this specific pitcher hits this many pitches or gets into trouble, we have this specific pitcher to go to. It's very, very, very linear. It's no longer strategic. So in a way, you can't blame Montoyo, but obviously all the blame is going to be going on him because he's, you know, the face of the person that makes the decision on yes. TV.
1: Yeah, I hear you on that one, but I wonder how much of that equation was the fact that Ross Stripling actually pitched well and they're like, okay, well, we somehow had it good, we had good yeah. luck at the beginning of this game. We better hurry up and nail this thing down. <laughs> Yeah, that too. Could be. I don't know. I just had to make the joke, but props to, uh, you know, Ross tripling for actually having a good outing, to, you know, got through five innings one. and only gave up one earned run. So that is the best outing pretty much for him so far this season, I think. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. If, if, I mean, if,
2: like,
4: yeah, you have Joel Piants in there. Just use him. God damn it. I, I think with what a four are. to one lead,
1: they could have used anybody is really yes. what it comes down to, especially with the way all this stuff felt with the, uh, off days and the rain out, and all this other stuff. The bullpen was actually rested for the first time since opening day, guys. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so it was a little weird to see them just trucking the same old faces out there when they pretty much had it. The way I would have loved to have it happen is okay, let's say you did use Delise just to get through the meat of that actual lineup there for a second, get by Jose Ramirez and company, is what that ed- ended up happening, right? That last inning, just throw somebody out there. If you got in trouble, and then bring in Romano. Yeah, yeah. Yes.
3: But anyway, yeah. I digress. Anyway, um, go on. I, I don't know if you guys think this way, but after seeing the way Cleveland plays, I know they have a great pitching staff, but I'm not scared of them no more. Going into the no. series, I was a little nervous that yeah, this is a team that we have to win at least two out of three, four. Just to keep pace with in the cards. spot, I don't think that they can continue this level of production the entire season. So I'm way less scared of Cleveland um, after the series. I know it helps that we won two out of three, but moving forward, they might still hang around. But as the season goes along, they just seem to me like a team that'll fade out of it.
1: I th- yeah. think ESP It was. It might have been on MLB to Network right, that morning of the game, but um, they were talking about how. Statistically wise, the the Indians have had the easiest schedule in all of baseball to start the season. And it's because they have wow. played the Orioles a bunch of times. They have played the Twins, who have not been Twins. Twins have been terrible. The Tigers yeah. all of a sudden just finally found out how to turn it on against the Yankees. Thank you, Tigers. <laughs> but they have been horrible. That division in baseball is not anything what anybody expected. So to see the, the Indians all of a sudden run off with it was not shocking because they have enough pitching to really – you know, anchor it down in their you know starting rotation and in their bullpen, but if they can't hit outside of Jose Ramirez, we saw what they the, the this is the Indians I think that we saw this yep. weekend. They're gonna sprinkle in enough offense on certain days, but other days their pitching better keep them in ball games. So 100%, 100%. to your point, I think you're 100 percent accurate, and we have to. To deal with our division, I think, for all those wild card yes. spots. Yes. So yes. To it's everybody Boston. that doesn't think the uh, American League East isn't any good anymore, the Blue Jays are in current first, fourth place. Yeah, mm-hmm. fourth place with a 29-25 and 25 record, four and a half games behind the ridiculous cliff that the Tampa Bay Rays have been putting on lately.
3: Yeah, you could crown Tampa Bay right now in my mind. The Red Sox still have had an easy schedule, too, and the Yankees' offense, while wow, they have some big pieces, I've not nearly been as good as the uh, as they're kind of like in a way they're kind of like Cleveland where their offense is kind of centered around one maybe two guys tops and the rest is just kind of struggling like crazy. Yeah. So they their pitching that's been keeping it uh, keeping the Yankees in it. But yeah, it'll be between Boston, New York, Toronto, and then probably the Astros. And those are and that's who we play next.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So and then I, I depending on what happens in the center Central, I might say that the White Sox are tipping on that point too. But I think they're going to all of a sudden catch fire and take the division. They'll win the division. Oh, I so. think they're going to run away with it. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I think sure. that's really surprising me in baseball period is When the hell did the Kansas city Royals all of a sudden become relevant again?
4: They got a good young team, dude. They, they do. really do.
1: Watching Andrew they Penn attendee and play this weekend was just pissing me off. <laughs>
4: yeah, dude, I wish we got <laughs> we made them. Good I, moves, I,
1: man. You know, so. but so. to that well, point, I mean, our outfields kind of stocked right now. So I think yeah. that's going to work out. All right. So anyways, To that point, the Blue Jays are only a game and a half out of a wild card spot. The problem is there's about eight teams in that conversation, right? Yeah. (laughs) So, moving along, let's talk about the return to Buffalo before we talk about the actual games against the Miami Marlins boys. Did either of you see that video about the Blue Jays' new accommodations at Salem Field and how it's slightly ridiculous? I've been in that ballpark many a time, and I've actually been in the uh, lower levels of that ballpark. It was a rat hole before. <laughs> you know, it was just, just slightly the ridiculous. I love that ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just ask the Yankees. And now they even got some new digs. <laughs> so how impressed were you guys with seeing that? Because it looks like they're literally just full-on carrying the culture throughout the Blue Jays-Meyer League system now. And I think a lot of that's for the fact that the Blue Jays are actually the Blue Jays-Meyer League system, basically, as far as venue is concerned This right this moment. But I just couldn't believe the fact that anybody when the when the bisons inevitably come back to this it's gonna be good to have minor league baseball back in buffalo eventually with them playing in this facility that has gotten a clear major league upgrade and i think it's very impressive that the you know, Blue Jays organization was able to pull this off. And I, I heard that the city of Buffalo actually even somehow chipped in, I think on the lighting, which nice. to Brendan, come on. I know you want to talk about the lighting. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it great before
3: that's for sure. Sure. sure, no. sure. And now it's got All celebrations. This... <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so cool. It is so cool. I, uh, that light show is awesome. Keep on seeing it. it reminds me of football because there are a bunch of football teams that do something similar, uh, during night games for whenever there's touchdowns, but All those renovations that they've done last year—it looked pretty good for the short amount of time that they had. But this year, that shit looks permanent, man. Like I was watching that video, I'm like, "There's no way they're coming back to Toronto this year with all that work that they've done." I know they say they want to, and I'm sure they do, but at the same time, it's just like that's something. Like if the border isn't open by what we've said—the All-Star Break or Fourth of July—which is when they've committed to playing in Buffalo because they go out on the road and then it's the All-Star Break. If the border isn't open or there's still some uncertainty, just finish the season there with all the money you've put in there. Players clearly loved it because everybody's been speaking so highly of it, and the fans have been really good. It's actually nice hearing fans cheer for the Blue Jays for a change. How Although exciting the that he... was
1: that part last night? Yeah,
3: that was awesome. It got me pumped up on Tuesday, and it's so cool that we kind of had like a second home opener in a way. <laughs> just imagine if they come back to Toronto, they'll have three home openers in a year. <laughs> there you go right so. so no it's awesome it, it really is and it uh, I know it's never going to happen but seeing all that stuff and how permanent it looks like shit they really are going to steal our baseball team from Toronto <laughs> they're going to steal a major league baseball team and damn well not, better not be they our should. Blue
1: Jays as much as I would love to have them five feet down the street there is yeah, something yeah. about going to the big city and you know catching a major league baseball game but and buffalo ain't much bigger than where i'm at, an hour you know to the east in rochester new york <laughs> so but adam what did you see there in that any of these video things that really stood out to you about the fact that the the more or less the blue jays have a real home here yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple things I want to know
4: on this and it all sort of intertwines. First of all, the upgrades look incredible. I love the strobe light effect. And Brenda, you touched on it. <laughs> I thought that was dope as shit when I saw it. I was just <laughs> this is perfect. It's you know, I love the, the fog horn that the Roger Center does. It's fun. And I'm glad they're still sort of doing that, too. But the strobe so- show
1: is just I, it's a nice touch. Could because I have the Blue Jays that never any better really had last it. night. I want to see a light show and it was like the fifth inning. <laughs> yeah, dude. It was great. It was
4: great. Um the upgrades they made to the facilities are great. If you watch that video, all the home Blue Jays stuff, they, they pan on it for a good like five seconds. But the visiting stuff they're like, and eh, this is the best and that's all. <laughs> it's, it's better than a 10. It's super quick. It's super quick. Um so it's they did the bare minimum, which is great. You should do that for your visitor club. Um the Bisons are going to be spoiled
1: for years yeah. on out if this stuff <laughs> stays, which is great. I feel like, that's like how major you... leaguers when they finally come back. It's going to be very for interesting.
4: Sure. You should treat your minor league players that way. And I think this is a nice accidental step forward for the Blue Jays to be treating their Triple A team like they're actually legitimate MLB ready yeah. players. And that's
1: think, how they should be treated. Do you think the Fisher Cats are going, What the fuck? Where's our upgrade? Even though they just got a brand new ballpark in the last ah! 10 years, too. <laughs>
4: I mean, there's a whole tale there. Speaking of, uh, Austin Martin just hit his first home run in tonight's game. So shout out to Austin Martin. Um, More to your point, Brendan, I do think that they're going to finish the regular season in Buffalo. You don't make these upgrades and spend that kind of money um, just for a couple of months. I do think that this is going to be up until the end of September. If and when they make the playoffs, I have a strange feeling that they're going to make it back to Toronto for two reasons. One. You can't play in a Triple A ballpark for the playoffs. I'm sorry. You're like if in the off chance that you have a home field advantage, that has nothing against the city of Buffalo, nothing at all. You just can't play in, in a Triple A ballpark. And I know that ballpark was supposedly supposed to be a maybe a major league team when they constructed it. It was supposed maybe an expansion, and it just ended up being a Triple A team. It's allegedly going to
1: be the Rays at one point. There you go. It was or no? Okay. Sorry, it was the expansion before that. It was the Rockies, Marlins era. They win go, that ball, right? Yeah.
4: Okay. But still, at the end of the day, it's still a Triple A ball club. So I just personally don't want to see it. If worse comes to worst, maybe. But um, I'm looking on Twitter right now, and I didn't realize this because I don't really follow hockey. So fellow Canadian, well, not fellow other Canadian fans out there, <laughs> uh, forgive me. But uh, I'm reading this on the CBC News from Twitter. The federal government is poised to approve a travel exemption for the Stanley Cup playoffs that would yep. allow U.S. teams to enter Canada. That's a really big step forward now. And obviously things are going to improve when it comes to vaccinations and whatnot. If come October, things are better, there's no reason why the Blue Jays couldn't do the same at the Rogers Center. There's no reason. If there's a bubble or whatever, we figured out the science. We figured out how to handle this. We figured out how to mitigate these issues. I have a feeling if the Blue Blue Jays make the playoffs, they're playing up north. And what? How awesome would that be oh, have Best oh, ticket oh, in town.
3: Dude, imagine oh, man, game one. So if they were
4: home for hosting a playoff series and the first game back in Toronto Ooh, with full crowd capacity was a Wild playoff
1: card. game? Wild Fuck card game. game. Yeah, yeah, dude.
4: I feel bad for those opponents. I feel <laughs> good <laughs> luck. Good
3: luck. Throwing as
1: far the as that goes, too, that, it's to Brendan's point of opening day. You're having an opening day on a and play, a playoff game. In a playoff game, slightly yeah. nuts. Yeah, yeah, Unheard of.
3: Yeah. That would be nuts. That would be nuts. <laughs> yeah, bat flip situation be, when Canada the game day. starts.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Canada Day, I think, would be the only thing that would make that place erupt harder. Yeah.
1: But for a playoff
4: game, I mean, you were there with the bat flip, dude. I bet you the volume and intensity
1: would. Probably. be higher than that with probably yeah. half the people too. Yeah. So that same level of intensity just half the people because it here's the fun it. part. Let's say that, you know, they were able to still do only 35% or something like that just for sake of argument at the Rogers mm-hmm. Center. 35% at the Rogers Center is still more than 65% at the Salem Field. Yep. Yeah. It's just math. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's a 47,000 yeah, yeah. seat <laughs> venue <laughs> versus a sixteen thousand seat venue yeah so, dude i'm with you i'm with you i, I just thunderdome <laughs> yeah yeah
4: you don't make these upgrades just for a temporary thing which is fine and i i i wish i could go craig i'm slightly jealous that uh I you, you anyway. have the ability <laughs> when tickets are more readily available for you to be there um i see pictures you know, Craig, you and I are huge Bills fans. Buffalo is representing this team. Like it is now official that the Blue Jays are Buffalo's
1: baseball team. Agreed, hundred yeah. percent. It's segmenting uh, the the area even over here in the Rochester because yeah, there's people making sure. the road trip back and forth, and it's it's interesting to see the fandom getting shaken around here, which has been more or less cemented in Yankees, Yankees lore and Mets fans for the most right. part um with a good sprinkling and a good helping of red sox fans just because they've been one of the more prevalent teams in baseball over the last you know basically two decades right and in the fact that the blue jays were not relevant for all that time unfortunately so it's very cool to see that i've been seeing more and more and more blue jays hats especially with younger kids How can they not fall in love with this team? They're in their backyard. You got guys like Bo and Vlad just literally having the time of their lives. It is very, very interesting to see that whole thing changing here in Western New York. And there's no reason, there's no way in hell the Blue Jays can ever leave Buffalo now as a minor league team. There's, it just can't happen. It is full on cemented in Western New York isms now. Especially if they do do something extra this year with, with Blue Jays fans in the stands here for the playoff push and into the playoffs, if that happens, there is a lifelong market here for the Toronto Blue Jays in Buffalo, which in all reality is, what, an hour and a half, two-hour drive? It's not bad. There's plenty of people that come down to Buffalo all the time and vice versa. Yeah. Once the border comes back open, you have a full-on thing that the Bills were trying to do for a decade, <laughs> trying yeah. to steal Canadian fans to your towel comment <laughs> about the Rogers yeah. Center games with the Bills. The yeah. Bills played a home season game at the Rogers Center every year for eight five years in five, a row. Year, yeah. five years in a row. It was supposed to be eight. They cut it short. But none of those ever felt like home games for the Bills, ever. I went to one of them. I had a great damn time from what I remember, but <laughs> it was still never a home game for them. These are home, no. legit home games for the Blue Jays in Buffalo until probably those Yankees games.
3: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And maybe that's another reason why they wouldn't be in a rush to leave because they could continue to grow the <laughs> fan base a little bit more during the course of the year. And it's a nice way to thank the city as much as I want them back here because that would mean that, man, almost everything is ready to go back to pre-pandemic uh, life. Um, I wouldn't mind driving the hour and a bit to get to a game in, at Salem Field if I can go. If the borders open, hell yeah, I'll go for a weekend in August and a weekend in September. There, yep. Even if I can't get go. into the damn
1: game, we can hang out at Pearl Street or uh, 716 and get drunk uh, and watch the game yep. <laughs> and hear the chanting from down the street. To the Twitter fans fan, uh, fandom here, Apparently, we have enough people listening tonight that know at least about the Bills tailgating isms. And asked when are the table dives going to start? <laughs> playoffs, <laughs> oh, yes. playoffs. Give me a playoffs. tailgate party. I'm I'm playoffs. begging for a tailgate party right now. Yeah. Or if
4: they clinch, if they clinch the division, something like that. Yeah. I don't think a wild card berth would get it done. But if if the Blue Jays were to clinch the division, I think Buffalo fans would represent. If I'm yeah, a Blue so. Jays
1: bat boy, I am literally doing a table dive on the field <laughs> if they clinch in Buffalo.
4: <laughs> Yo, we need some Blue Jays stuff. Yeah, like <laughs> stuff. Yeah.
1: Come on.
3: They have all we the need all the Buffalo Blue that, Jays stuff. Yeah. Who, so, who's the company that makes those Buffalo Blue Jay shirts? Twenty one, twenty six shirts or something like that. Twenty six shirts was the, uh, I think was the big six one that was put shirts, out. There's yeah, a bunch like of them that.
1: that are picking back up again. That oh I know. we got a couple of them after the show and here if we can get a real sponsorship back again. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: and uh, <laughs> I recommend uh, tweet at them and say, hey, let's get some Blue Jay steam zubas. Yeah, I know,
1: right? That'd be awesome.
3: They wouldn't ironically look terribly different than Bills.
4: Show me just, with the red.
1: just put yeah, your logo just, on the top. Just slap a Blue Jays logo on and I'll buy it. I don't care. <laughs> there it is. So to the point of slapping, that's basically what we just did to the Marlins over the last two boy, days, boys. To what you had mentioned earlier, the Bills tweeting out squish the fish with the Blue Jays Twitter account. Good, good fun stuff as sports go, but it was a very impressive two-game home return for the Toronto Blue Jays here. As we had mentioned, the fans were in full swing. It felt like a home game but the blue jays actually did a great job of producing in their wonderful home away from home it seems like what was the big things that stood out to you mr panikar a- About those first two games and or and if it's just something as simple as they do feel like they have that home all of a sudden i really don't care run away with it
3: (laughs) no i'm pretty sure it's the latter of what you just said um on blue jay central they had reese mcguire on before yesterday's game and he did say how much of a boost that they all felt and commented about the clubhouse especially when robbie ray opened up um the first inning with three strikeouts and how loud the crowd got, and actual cheers. Um, Reese did admit that that was definitely a huge boost, that they did not get done Dunedin. So the fact they're playing in front of a largely uh, pro Blue Jays crowd is definitely an advantage. Ray, hey, look, he, he pitched well uh, on Tuesday. Um, and, and you know what? I know we might dive into Manoa a little bit, but maybe we just start it now. Yeah, he got touched up a little bit. But there's still a lot of encouraging things that I saw. The fastball, he's got his fastball down pat. His fastball command's great, and that was his pitch that was working yesterday. Um, And for a young guy, your off-speed stuff is always the one that takes most time to develop. Mm -hmm. And for a guy who has not had much time to develop uh, since he's been drafted in 2019, he can still get it across for strikes. It was all about mislocation for Alec Manoa yesterday with his stuff. So worried? No. Um, He'll definitely make his next start. Unless something goes completely wrong uh, for the next two, three starts, I don't even think it's a consideration that he will be sent down uh, anytime soon. So rough, yes. Um, that was going to happen at some point, but nothing I'm concerned about. And there were still some bright spots. So the pitching was good. Um, I don't know about you guys, but um, I did watch before I turned the game off. I'll admit, after uh, they didn't score any, I missed the comeback. I went to bed. Uh, and Ah, extremely happy. I yeah, did uh, get sorry. my tweets about light show. Ah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, I don't know about you guys, but I just have a strange feeling that the Carl Edwards Jr. pickup is going to pay off really nicely for this team because he's been a really good reliever in the past. And I mean, like for a reliever to have at least a one F4 in seasons, that means he's have had a really good season. And he had quite a few of those with the Cubs. I know he's a few seasons removed from that, but he still has the stuff. It just feels to me, I tweeted this out last night, it kind of feels like Joaquin Benoit where you pick up a struggling Mm. guy that was on the brink of DFA'd. Carl Edwards Jr. was actually DFA'd. Picked him up. Pete Walker, he has another chance to work his magic and I really feel that he's going to be a nice piece of this bullpen moving forward. And yeah, he he got his Blue Jays career off to a nice start. and I loved him as a Cub, so I'm thrilled that he's a Blue Jay and I'm excited to hopefully see him get his career back on track. Yeah.
1: Mr. Corsair
4: takeaways Uh, I yeah obviously the the comeback notwithstanding because obviously that is probably on the forefront of everyone's mind when it comes to this series um the biggest thing that I want to take away with this is you're beating teams that you should beat yep um and you know in the beginning in April that was a thorn in the side of the Blue Jays is that they were sort of falling to teams that they shouldn't have fallen to now I'm not saying that teams like you know necessarily the orioles or detroit or even miami that you should sweep 100 percent of the time you're going to lose some of those games it's just inevitable um but when you're taking advantage of opportunities and you know misplays and maybe some bad weather that was in the favor of the blue jays for that uh end of the game last night um take what you can get and run with them because the w is a w um i was Extremely imp- impressed with Randall Graychuck. I mean, two home runs in a game, and he smashed them. Um, I'm especially impressed with this team's first pitch approach. They are aggressive. For every first pitch, they are looking to hit. They've all been and, drinking
1: the Boba Shot Kool Aid on that. Yup, swing <laughs> first. Yep. Dude, I don't know what it is. I'm I I'm of
4: the the lineage that you wait on the first pitch. Most people just take them just to see what's being thrown at them. Um, but Blue Jays are aggressive right off the bat. Sort of reminds me of that Atlanta game that we won where the Braves were super aggressive coming off. I think it was the first game of a doubleheader. Or maybe it was the getaway game. I can't remember. Uh, but the Blue Jays ended up winning that one, too. Um, I just love their approach. I love the aggressiveness. Um, pitching, you know, it's, it was okay. I mean, Manoa, obviously people were riding high on that debut game. Small sample size, being what it is, we're we're expecting some growing pains coming into the big leagues. Going to happen. He was definitely uh, a little. I don't know. The confidence was there, and you can tell that he was disappointed in himself. But he he held his head up uh, when Piamps came in and got out of a jam. Um, You can tell Manoa. Impressive. Yes, he was. Two innings of work. He was very thankful. He was very thankful for that. Um, This is a team. And they're playing like a team. They finally have a home to play in with some uh, fans that are actually there to see them and cheering them on. It's really good to see. Um, I can't say anything more about it. Uh, you got to love Vlad. got to love Graychuk. And Lourdes seems like he's coming alive, too. So uh, good two-game series, and hopefully they can continue beating the teams that they should be beating. Yeah,
1: The first thing, and a couple people have also chimed in on this on the Twitter account, too, the fact that the Blue Jays are carrying over the Dunedin hitting style. Apo taco man yes could yeah, they yeah. really have taken any more advantage of that i don't know what scouting reports the marlins were looking at but it clearly was not this year's scouting reports for the toronto blue jays just no. pepper in the ball to the right field man it was just impressive um tons of bat control and i don't i want to say this is um the hitting coaches you know doing but Do I, mean? yeah yeah but i don't know if i can really because this seems like a full-on philosophy for the team, period. They saw them doing those shifts, and they're like, you know what, fine, we'll take the singles. They didn't have yeah. any really monster hits those innings, but they just kept circling the bases to the tune of the Buffalo Bills, you know, let's circle the wagons or circle the pillows <laughs> instead. It's just how it is, but I thought it was very impressive to see that they all, we all knew that, you know, Bo and Vlad knew how to do that, but to see Tay Oscar over the last year, basically, do, becoming that guy of being able to put the ball where he wants, during certain counts, or just he sees the ball opposite, on the opposite side of the plate and just taking it that way and not pulling it. You remember watching him strike out on how many pitches those first couple years that he was a Blue Jay? Oh, oh yeah. It was yep. insane. So I thought that was very impressive to the point that if that's how we had to win games, we didn't hit a home run in that second game, guys. That is not Blue Jay baseball. Not, not any home right. run for no, a win. that was more frequent this year. There was two triples in that game.
4: Yeah, Vladdy had a triple. I
1: was just about to say, yeah.
4: he legged that out, dude. This oh, he was looking like a train Vladdy.
1: going around that time. It was dude, awesome. Dude, what I say
4: at the beginning of the season? I said, I am not convinced Vladdy is at shape unless he does a stand-up double. Dude had
1: a fucking stand up triple.
4: triple. <laughs> dude, stand-up double is in the rear view now. That's yeah. child's play. He had a triple. Good for you, Vlad. He
1: just heard you uh, and wanted to make sure he not only beat you, but one up cool you at the same time. Yes, <laughs> cool with me. Cool me. I'll so, bring
4: back the six thirty seven stars. Then, <laughs> uh,
1: I, yeah, there it is. But to the point of that too, he went four for four the night before. Blue Jays home opener in Buffalo goes four for four and carries puts the team on his back again. Freaking awesome. Yeah. He was a triple away from the cycle, which you know he's a, he was a night late. All right, I'll, I'm going to give it to him that for that series he hit a cycle, <laughs> but. Yeah, very impressive to the fact that the Blue Jays put everything together on that whole series, I think. And then the typical Blue Jay resilience they have seen over the last more or less calendar year, right? That there is just nothing but blue grit in this team, as the hashtag would say. And it's very intriguing to see that they are never out. They were trailing two runs going into the ninth inning last night and not only came back to tie it, but actually walk it off in the ninth as well. And Boba had a very key triple in that as well, driving in two runs. And he looked like his hair was on fire in that <laughs> just epic cape-like. So it was very impressive. Anything else that you guys would like to add about the Miami series? Oh,
3: squish no. the fish. No, no. That's it. Squish the fish.
1: <laughs> so really quickly, guys, we're going to go into the Astros and White Sox series. Um, I had the projected rotation up. I lost it. Oh no. Did I close it? No, there it is. Ryu, Ryu tomorrow. Yep. And so stripling it was Ryu tomorrow, Saturday. stripling Saturday. That's Sunday. That's Sunday. So that's pretty good. I'll say that. And that's all they got. And the Blue Jays will be facing Zach Greinke, Jose your your uh, Yurgawadi. I forget how you say his name.
3: It's, the, it's Urquidy.
1: Urkidi. That's it's what it interesting, was. Isn't it? It's a it, baseball reference. It. it looks like a a G. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, baseball, rap for your terrible <laughs> fun. <laughs> and then Luis Garcia, who has been actually very good really for good. the Astros this year as a find for them. Uh, I, I believe he was a draft pick for them but late way back when, but he's finally starting to show some fruit on that whole thing. So the Blue Jays have a you know weekend series here against at home against the Houston Astros, and this could be a run for the Blue Jays. I hope the offense keeps clicking, boys, because. Um, Strip, we're gonna need a good start from Stripling against uh <laughs> 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 to keep this uh I think series win thing going here a little bit. What do you uh, what say you? Uh well tomorrow's
4: game is gonna be thoroughly entertaining with Ryu and Granky. I think that's gonna be fun. Uh Jays haven't really fared well against Granky. Uh especially I think it was what was it, Mother's Day that they played Granky? Yep. And he,
1: yeah. Um so you can still him. go he was no hitting us for like three innings wasn't he yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah uh 17
4: batters he struck I want to say but uh in the past 22 is that the... I read it on Twitter today I don't know whatever Either Anyways, way blue Jay's uh, batters
1: equal bad against Zach cranky apparently
4: <laughs> yeah he's um he's gonna be rough but then again blue Jays are on a roll right now when it comes to how they're uh hitting so hopefully they'll be able to figure it out Um, Are you asking for predictions for the whole series right now? What do you think of the
1: uh, series against the uh, Astros scene you started off the conversation Uh, at?
4: This whole stretch is going to be rough. (laughs) Uh, Because what do they got? Houston and then Chicago and then New York and Boston, New York. Yeah, Yeah, it's going to be rough. Um, (laughs) Fuck it. Let's go two out of three.
1: Yeah, two out of three. Okay. Two out of three. So, uh, uh, Brendan, what do you think?
3: How do you think we're going to fare throughout the Astros series against what we just laid out? I, well, I wish I was as confident as Adam. I, I get, sign me up for one game, unfortunately. I think in this stretch, before we record next, which is either going to be Wednesday or Thursday, um, I think maybe just for consistency's sake, because both games, ne- all, all games next week are 8, yeah. o- eight o'clock. Probably yeah. just do Thursday next week. Um, but between now and then, for those two series... Three and three is definitely the goal. Um, yeah. uh, so I, I, it's tough. I, I'm not sure which one, maybe because they're in Buffalo, maybe the two out of three comes against Houston, but I could see it against either or. I could see it against either or. Um, so, yeah, give me one out of three this series against Houston, and I'll kick off the White Sox one, two. I'll, I'll take two out of three there. I think they're, they're a team very similar to the Blue Jays, where maybe if the pitching matchups fall their way, um, they could steal two. Uh, the good thing is Ryu pitches that game uh, tomorrow, and he will get the last game of the White Sox series too, which sucks as well because <laughs> he misses the entire Red Sox series, which is a four gamer. So,
1: but you will get Ray in that equation too. So yep. we're getting one of our better pitchers going during that series. So, but so in in hindsight, I guess Brendan goes three and three over the next week. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I just don't know which one they'll win two and which one they'll only win one. If they do any better than that, then hey, they're then they're really hot. Yeah. Yo, side
4: go. note. Give me that 3:07 start time on Saturday. Yes, oh. I there cannot. Wait. Check that. <laughs> yeah,
3: I, Check I thought that was that. very
1: interesting for uh, that ballpark too, because I don't think the, even the Bison's play many games at three o'clock hey. on those days either. Oh. So that was very, uh, very interesting. I feel like they're trying to like help out adam apparently with his christmas gift again or something (laughs) by the
4: time that game is over is when i want it to start during the week so (laughs) that's fine uh i'll i'll for the white Sox too i'm gonna go two out of three i think the blue jays will be on a roll and heading into fenway they're gonna need it so i'm gonna say so So what is that four out of six four and two two,
1: yeah so there you go boom Okay. okay I'm actually in the school of thought of Adam that I think we're going to find a way to get four out, you know, four and two over the week here. I really wouldn't be shocked if they actually sweep the um, White Sox. I have a feeling. Whoa. I have a feeling. Fall, man, I, 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 unfortunately, I that it. means for me to be four and two. That means we're going to get screwed by the Astros. So just, <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked. I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but yeah, I, I have a feeling and my gut's been pretty good except for on Alec Manoa's start for my pick the click this week. <laughs> you, so, a, you did pick a sweep
4: against Miami. So I, did, so I got that. that.
1: <laughs> so I, I just want to have my brooms ready. Maybe it's because I don't know where my actual broom in my house went. It's just MIA. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <So, laughs> it's at Salem because they just swept them. Yes. So. Yes. There you go. I forgot. I put it on the bus and shipped it to Buffalo. There yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, then uh, let's do picks the click then. So last week, Mr. Panicar had Teoscar Hernandez. Very salvage of the week. I'm already out of the running, as I mentioned, with yeah. Alec Manoa, unfortunately not having that second stellar start after the ridiculous Yankees outing. And then Marcus oh wait, no, I'm sorry. I read this wrong. Adam was the one that picked Alec Manoa. Damn it, I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I, I did. forgot that it's not in the order of CBA across the sheet. It's in yeah, Brendan. <laughs> it's in Brendan Adam Me. <laughs> So, so up, Craig? I actually had Semyon. Oh, and... it's over. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, I don't know. It is what it is, but you guys are giving did it to Chris me pick... as well. Yeah, you can take that.
4: Did Chris pick Robbie Ray again? He did. It doesn't matter. I'm carrying it over. <laughs> but we actually have fans
1: yeah. listening to tonight, So and apparently ch- right. chatting on the Twitter feed. So, if you're listening and you want your pick in, I will write your name in right now, and we'll call it a day for the pick to click. Otherwise, submit on the Twitter feed when we post the episode for the podcast this, you know, this evening and make sure you get it in before tomorrow's start uh, of you the know, yes, first please. pitch. Mm. So anyways, on that note, if you guys are giving me the Marcus Semyon one, that's another win for me. I'm actually at even five and running away with this shit. <laughs> wow. So am I uh, on the board? Did I get, you one are yet? on the board. Yeah. All right. You are on the board. You got Randall last week or the week before. All that's right. right. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm this this cruise
4: Orioles. I get it. All right, crew, let's go.
1: <laughs> we, maybe Carl Edwards Jr. is all over you this week. You. Yes, <laughs> no, 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 I'm good. So I guess we're gonna who Adam C and you um are at the moment. You know, like you were just alluded to. You only got Terrible. one win. Tell yeah. me who you, you take. Who you want? <laughs> oh God! All right. So tomorrow we got Granky, and then we,
4: oh, this is gonna be a tough series. Who's going to be consistent? As,
1: as Brendan mentioned, though, if you were looking for a stellar pitcher performance, Yunjin Ryu does have two starts in the six games. That would actually be outside of the box for the pitching thing for what we were talking about.
4: Yeah, but that first inning makes me uncomfortable, especially teams like Chicago and Houston right Ooh, now. Teams that have um, no offenses. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to pick Simeon because I don't want to ruin it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's go Lordis, because he's on a, sh- a small little run and I think he's being slept on a little bit and let's hope yeah. that he keeps it going, especially because he's going to be playing his brother this weekend. So let's go Lordis.
1: That in the seven eighth spot for him has actually been a like sneaky way for him to, uh, you know, resurge a little bit here. He has it yeah. this week. Yeah. Brendan.
3: I'm going to go completely off the board because I was been in a rut. No, 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 <laughs> not that off the board. Um, no, I. It, you guys are going to look at me like uh, I have two heads or something. But um, for whatever reason, maybe because the bar is low and for for this guy to be considered in the run to win, I'm going to go Ross Stripling. And Woo! that's because he's had two really good starts in a row and maybe those mechanics finally have kicked in working with Pete Walker. The appearance after the Rays game, what was it, seven innings that he didn't allow a run? He gave it like one hit and then he continued that in the Cleveland. And... If they win Ross Tripling start then it's just like yeah of course you got to take 2 to 3 at that point so uh and I think the bar is low for when we come back and record next Thursday They'd be like okay Brennan had Ross Tripling and they won and he pitched well so <laughs> let me go with that <laughs>
1: there That's you really twisted approach yeah yes <laughs> that is
3: something that we actually forgot to touch on when
1: I made that goof comment that that was his best starting of or best start of the year for the Blue Jays the fact that he has been uh... actually well one of his better ones
4: yeah, because the last one, didn't he strike out like nine or ten? Yeah, True, yeah.
1: true. I didn't yeah. get that. But apparently that was the – he did half of the mechanics or something like that. Apparently this one, he was saying that this is the way he, he fully adapted the new mantra of the new mechanics. And Yeah, he was tipping his pitches. Yeah, yeah. and I really am not shocked by that with how Me the Blue Jays were just seeming to pour out runs when he was on the mound. It just seemed very odd, and then you know the relief pitchers came in. Yes, we have some really good arms in our bullpen, but to see that night-and-day effect from the hitters on the opposing teams was a little odd, you know what I mean? It just doesn't change that quickly. So, anyway, my pick. Randall Gritchick had two home runs last night. Randall Gritchick is a notoriously streaky player. I am going to ride him for this next week being a, you know, he's just going to run for a week, and then he'll, you know, turn into a pumpkin for five minutes, and then... (laughs) <laughs> at least that hasn't been his whole MO this year. Those slumps have been like two game spurts. Yeah, versus they been, they the long Exactly. So I'm going to ride Randall Gritchick for hopefully what will be my sixth win of the season. But I'm strangely thinking that my walk is going to run out here very shortly because last year I didn't even get one at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the whole, the whole uh, half game season. So, anyways, fellas. Um, I've been already kind of reading off the Twitter stuff while we've been playing here and uh, whatnot. Is there anything you would like to add or give a shout out to anything before we uh, do two claps in Ric Flair? Uh,
4: no. Just shout out to the Blue Jays for being awesome in Buffalo. Keep it up.
1: I
3: love <laughs> Buffalo BJs. Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> this is a family friendly show.
1: Yes. Yeah, meanwhile, I've been dropping F bombs the whole show, but this is what it is. So, but anyway, it, 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 I'm glad that the Blue Jays have a a home for the rest of the season and it's not the minor list of the minorest lowest levels of the minor leagues so it's very good to see the buffalo city embrace them fully and i really think it's going to be fun for them to finish this out if they end up being there the rest of the season on that okay. no fellas it's that time to clutch Rick Flair let's go Woo! let's go let's blue
0: go jays blue jays